Hello, and welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. I am your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your other host, Soli Hommel. And we're going to take you through 31 scary movies through the month of October, like we do every year. But for the first time this year, we're going to do it entirely in audio format. We like to mix it up every year. One thing you need to be aware of is that we will be employing a truly ghoulish number of spoilers throughout all of these reviews. So if you haven't seen the movie we're reviewing, maybe don't listen to our podcast until you do. We highly recommend you check them out and watch along with us. It's going to be fun for everybody. I mean, how could it not be? So if you're ready and you've watched the movie, please step inside our lair and let's begin. Bad Ben is a 2016 film not rated that we watched on Amazon Prime. It is 86 minutes long, rated 5.3 on IMDb, and has no ratings on any other service, which tells you something about the movie. It is the story of a single person, Tom Riley, who buys a house and moves in. He plans to flip it, and of course he discovers that it is haunted, but luckily he has decided that he's going to film every waking moment of his life for some reason, and so we get to see it all when they find the footage later after, hmm, what could possibly have happened? Not only does he film every waking moment of his life on his iPhone or smartphone, but he also activates the cameras that the previous owners had had installed in every room of the house. Yes, it's quite an elaborate system. Including the attic. Oh, wait, was it just the phone footage in the attic oh maybe it was maybe but they did have one in the basement they well for obvious reasons right we'll get into that i suppose but first we need to know one very important question why'd you pick it soli i have been seeing this movie show up every time we've looked for movies and i've been intrigued by it every time it looked like it was going to be a paranormal activity type movie and that is one of my favorites. I, I hear that a lot. Love when there's stuff that we're supposed to be looking at to distract us from the stuff that we should be looking at. <laughs> it's a game. It is. And this did not disappoint in that regard. True. And if I may just throw in my own personal interaction with this film. Yes. Seeing that it was called Bad Ben all this time, I've all, I mean, we have been seeing it for a couple of years now on the listings. Yeah, it's a 2016 movie. I think we've been seeing it for two years on our Amazon Prime listing and constantly going, hmm, maybe. But I always thought it was about an obnoxious little kid named Ben, like a, like the Problem Child movies or possibly like a Demon Possession, The Omen kind of movie. Wait, so did you think it was like a June sort of thing where there was a yes. haunted girl Either or a that, haunted boy? Well, Probably a boy, since his name's Ben. Well, right, sure. But either or that... Or like Little Evil? Yes. Okay. Or not paranormal at all, just a bad kid. Like those horrible problem child movies, which I never saw and never will. They're the human centipede of movies. Like human centipede is. <laughs> and... I'm afraid to delve into that statement, so let's just keep moving. <laughs> I won't watch it, is all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, full disclosure, I also had some mental assumptions about what this movie was that don't make any sense but every time i saw the title my brain immediately jumped to big ben yeah me too and for some reason i thought there was going to be a clock in this movie (laughs) i didn't think that but it it did 
come up. It just yeah. and it like it doesn't make any sense. Like there's no reason for that. It's just what my brain did every time I saw yeah. the name. Well, for me it was that that kid movie, but also I I never even I guess I never gave it any thought, but I never thought of paranormal activity type stuff. Even though the you know the cover of it looks like it and it talks about it in the description, I just I was put off right away by the evil kid plan, and I was not checking it out. So yeah. I'm glad you put us there. I was also intrigued by the fact that there are there's a prequel. There is, and there are a couple of sequels, including one called Mandela Effect, which is that whole thing where there are pieces of information that people disagree on and it's supposed to be proof of like a alternate universes and <laughs> yes, stuff like Berenstein or Berenstein, right? Yeah. And and that's a thing that keeps coming up in my life over the last couple of years like it, at least in this universe. At least in this universe. So that kind of intrigued me, but I felt like we had to watch the first one first. Like I felt like yes. we needed to watch it in order. Yeah, when I saw there was the Mandela effect one and from the description it appears to be something like this movie repeated over and over in different variations which which is sounds amazing very intriguing uh-huh where that might have to happen this month uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> i see very much excitement <laughs> okay so let's talk first and first first and first for once in our lifetime, mm-hmm. the first shot and the first line happen simultaneously. Hooray! That is a very rare thing. The first shot is a selfie video that the main character, Tom Riley, is making as he drives to this house that he just bought on a police auction. And he says, I'm on my way from settlement on the house on Steelmanville Road. And can I just say, Steelmanville just seems like a name that some writer put in as a placeholder. They couldn't come up with a name and they just like put three words together. That's a lot. That's too many words. It is too many words. Steelville, Steelman. Yeah. Either one of those would have worked. Manville would be a little weird. Yeah, but even that would. (laughs) Steelmanville is just a lot. And then you add the word road after it. Yeah, it's It's exhausting. So anyway, that's our first and first. That it was it was pretty simple. I did take umbrage to the fact that he was making this video as he was driving. Right. It doesn't seem like a safe thing to be doing. No, and he did it again later too. So yeah. well and that gets into his big thing is he spends the whole movie filming himself and talking to the camera. And it's of every found footage i've seen this is the one with the least explanation of it he acts like he's filming youtube videos or he's live streaming he's sitting there talking to the audience going so now you know it's kind of like this and i'm really concerned about that right he even he even says at one point like so i'll get back to you on that or something like that and so it's like it's clearly made for someone but he never talks about i'm filming this for my brother or whatever no it's weird my theory is that he is filming an audition video for an episode of flip my haunted house yeah which doesn't exist yet but but it totally should maybe he's actually sending it to like hgtv to be like you should make this show yes yeah that could be it. of course he didn't know it was haunted at first he was just hoping yeah. The other theory that I have is that he is a very, very lonely person because the only humans he talks to throughout the whole movie, he talks to the electric company yeah. off camera, I believe. Then he talks to the security guy a couple times involving, you know, with the cameras several times. 
and actually starts to get kind of buddy-buddy with him. Yeah. Like, like this is the closest friendship that he has in his life. And at one point, he talks to whoever he bought the house from at this sheriff's sale, uh, and he's not nice to them. Yeah, Her, he's, he's not think, nice at all. Given the choice of profanity he was using. Yeah, I think so. And that carries over into, might be too early to discuss, but the making of this movie, I think we should discuss that. Go, tell us about that. Well, I don't know anything about the making of this movie other than what I've, you know, kind of guessed at from what I'm seeing, which is Nigel Bach was the star of this movie. And also literally the only person in this movie, except sometimes you see like a shadow that's supposed to be a ghost, but is obviously had to be a person. So he does have a friend. And and that person, that shadow is on screen at the same time that yeah. Tom is on screen. So we, we discussed that just because I wasn't totally sure. Yeah. So he, he had someone help him. Plus there had to be someone to pull the ropes when chairs moved magically in front of him. Yep. Yep. So there's somebody else there, maybe someone he paid. I don't know. He might not have friends. But for the entire movie, it's just him on screen, except a little bit of Ghost. And he's the director. He's probably the writer. There is no writer credit. He's the editor. He most likely did everything. I strongly suspect he did the CGI himself. <laughs> yes. Just given the quality of the CGI. very much looks like he did that himself. Which I was bagging on during the movie, <laughs> but if he was the only person making this movie, I gotta say I'm kind of impressed. Well, yeah, because that's the thing. Is, is this, are we watching a Hollywood movie that we're judging as, is this a good movie? Or are we watching a project that this guy made and saying, did he do a good job? Because it's amazing for Nigel Bach to have created this himself. Single-handedly. Almost. I mean, assuming he's not like a professional filmmaker, and I'm guessing he's not a professional filmmaker. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I already liked the movie, Mm -hmm. but then to find out that, I was like, this guy's amazing. (laughs) It's very interesting. What a fun project to do, to just be like, I'm going to make a movie by myself. Yeah, and that's what I saw. Like, when, when I realized that, I was like, that could totally be me. Back when we lived in the high desert in California, I, you know, we were out there in the middle of nowhere and I imagined doing things like this. Like I did film stuff like my Halloween horror reviews and whatnot, but I occasionally thought about maybe filming like a little horror movie, you know, like popping out around the corner and stuff. At one point, you made a game where you yes. did go around and take pictures of various places. Yeah. And, like, the game was, it like, was you had poem. to click on, yeah, you had to click on, like, parts of the picture to Yeah, so it was like a, a point-and-click adventure that was a poem made out of pictures of our yard. It was awesome. And it's called Two Roads, and it's available on Itch.io if you want to check it out. You should definitely it's check free. it out. It's very cool. <laughs> and it features our dogs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so simply in the making of the movie, this is an impressive movie. Yeah. But let's talk about the movie itself, like the story and etc. etc. I have more notes for this movie than for any of the ones we've seen so far. That's impressive. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I can say the same, but I always take excessive notes. Yeah, I don't. So I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, know if I'm on the same level you are here, but I liked it. I felt like a sense of giddiness, of joy watching this movie. <laughs> I don't quite know how to explain it, but it was everything I wanted it to be. Like, all the exact right moments. 
I'd be watching something and I'm like, oh, something. There's going to be something in the background. And I'm like looking and looking and oh, there it is. Some flicker in the corner or, you know, a shadow goes across the doorway yeah. over in the in the back. It was so cool. Yeah, that's fun stuff. I think it was not on the level of a paranormal activity movie for that kind of thing. Like, on the one hand, a lot more ghostly stuff happened. It was happening all the time throughout the movie but it was also not real scary stuff like the the biggest thing for me was that this ghost's main move was to go around the house turning on lights and then turning <laughs> them off when it left the room because it was very energy conscious it, was very it would flip on the light that it went into the room and then it would leave the room and turn it off <laughs> and the thing is the whole point of the scary ghost is that it's in the dark and this ghost would literally only be in the light because it would turn on the light every time it went in a room yeah i didn't understand that but i it was endearing (laughs) i don't know like it was interesting and you know it did one of my favorite things which is moving the furniture around that's fun I always like that. I have something about that. Didn't put the furniture on the ceiling, but it did move the furniture around. It was amusing to me that it moved the furniture around while he was standing next to it. And he had like this tug of war (laughs) with the ghost. Well, and that's another example of it not being scary. Like at that point, he's just going, "Eh, come back here. (laughs) And it's, that's not a scary scene. That's just kind of silly. Yeah. And that is one of the other things I liked about this movie. He wasn't afraid. He was really at any not point afraid. In the whole movie until like the last 30 seconds. Yeah, pretty much. Like he was super rational about it at first. Like he had all kinds of reasons why these things could be happening. You know, somebody was breaking in, yeah. the camera was defective, like there were he used his brain like a normal human being to try to explain the situation. Which I fully appreciated because too many horror movies have people who immediately are like, well, obviously it's the paranormal. <laughs> yeah, he had to have that tug of war with the chair before he was like, okay, this is a ghost. Yes. And then, and yeah, and the whole music box thing. Like eventually, yeah, right. let's see, I made a point of where he thought, oh, it's, it's after he talked to the camera guy or the security guy. And the security guy was like, no, the cameras are working fine. There's just not seeing, there's nothing there when these things are happening. Yeah, and he sent in the video so he could see the chairs were just moving around. Oh, right. And he saw, like, in real time, he saw that there was something at the front door. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that was the point where he's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and then then he stomped around the house yelling, you can't hurt me, I'm a Christian. <laughs> Which is interesting because he spent the first half of the movie tearing anything remotely Christian <laughs> out of the house and throwing away this really nice, super old fancy Bible that nobody would throw away. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty busted up, but it was very old. It's an antique. It was definitely an antique. And he just took it and like unceremoniously dumped it in the trash. I'm like, yeah. ooh, that's a bad, no, that's going to upset somebody. Yeah. So he wasn't, he was never afraid. He was super rational. So when he did realize there were ghosts, he got curious. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, tried to communicate with them using like the the radio toy that he had found and like was looking around and, and not afraid, just curious. And then he started to get mad. Like, sure this is did. where I've, I've put all of my money into this house. Like, you guys need to get out. And I just, I thought that was very refreshing. That's <laughs> never what happens. I had a different take in that 
it was not good for me. Like, definitely to a certain extent that's good, but after the ghost starts wailing on him and punches him in the face 20 times, which was a fun scene, and then he carefully sets his camera on a tripod before he starts washing the blood off his face. Well, yeah. He then goes around still being like, oh yeah, well, I'm not afraid of you. I noticed he stopped saying you can't hurt me. But, yeah. But he goes around, you know, trying to get rid of these ghosts. No, you're done. You've lost your investment. Get out of the house. <laughs> because it's punching you. Well, but he came up with that way to evict the ghosts. Yes, he invented a ritual, apparently. Right. He, like, marched in circles around the house saying... This is no longer your home. It's time for you to cross over. Peace awaits you there. Over and over again. Now, my question that I wrote down at that time was, is this something that is an established way? Like, did he look, did he Google this? Is this a ritual for evicting ghosts that he found somewhere? Or does he truly think that he can just make this stuff up and it'll work? I mean, I feel like it could. It's about the same. But yeah, he, uh, it felt made up, but I don't know. It did feel made up. Wait, so you think that it's possible (laughs) to just make something up and it might work? I don't think there's any remote chance that anything like ghosts is slightly real in the slightest sense whatsoever. But if they were, I mean, I don't know. You're communicating with them, right? You're saying something to them. They're saying, oh, really? There's peace on the other side? All right. So it's about the intent and the communication. It's not about the ritualistic series of words. Because otherwise, I mean, why would it be specific words? That's weird. That's really weird. But uh, I did love at the end of that when he, he finishes his ritual and then he, he's arrived at the back door of the house and he opens it up and points outside. He's like, now get! <laughs> and, then, and then the door swings closed. Yeah, the ghost Like they had just the left. Door. That was funny. And he thought it was all cool before we follow with the infamous yard work scene in which he does yard work for 10 minutes. It wasn't 10 <laughs> minutes, but it was an extensive showing of yard work. Yeah, from a distance. So this movie is full of profanity because his response to everything the ghost does is the F word. (laughs) And one of my favorite lines is this one, heavily bleeped. Some satanic bullshit. The last people that lived here and got their asses handed to them. (laughs) I think that's a great example of... His response to the ghosts in this movie. That is Tom to a T. Yeah, which is yeah. funny because that, that's realistic. Yeah, I feel like I would also employ liberal use of the F word should my house be haunted. <laughs> so I I had a lot of lines I, I enjoyed that made yeah. me laugh. I feel like we've talked about the two that I really wrote down. You can't hurt me, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. And... When he decided that there were ghosts there and he had originally demanded that they get out, he said, you want me out of here? Oh, no, they were trying to make him leave. And he said, you want me out of here? You'll have to do more. Yeah, smooth move. I mean, that sort of like throwing away the Bible. Like, that's just (laughs) asking for trouble. Oh, that was when he did that. Yeah, he said that. And then like the box flipped up in the air. And then it like oh, yeah, slammed in him into the attic and shut the door. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess you did more. <laughs> yeah, but even he wasn't that afraid at that no, point. He it really wasn't, wasn't until that night. Oh, I remember what happened. The ghost actually, like, leaves. Like, you see it, like, 
yeah. travel through the house and go out the front door yeah, and across the he lawn. He tells it and, to get out of there, and it's like, okay, geez, and it ran. But then the bigger batter ghost shows up and <laughs> yeah. beats him up in his sleep. So Yeah, it was not a successful run. Yeah. So I there was one other line that I wrote down at the beginning when he dumped all this religious stuff into the trash, and he had removed it because he wanted... The showing of the house to be, like, he wanted the house to be PC, yeah, as he put it. Um, Which I think is weird, but okay. Yeah, it's super weird. I mean, every house we looked at when we were buying had a cross in it somewhere. Yeah, it's not anything you'd be shocked by. Which is why I wrote this line down, because he dumps it, and then he goes, That's the day and age we live in. Uh And I'm like, well, no. (laughs) No, it's not. Like, I feel like there's evidence daily that we do not live in a day and age in which religious icons are not appreciated by the majority. Yeah. So that was that was interesting. So one thing he did is he had, you know, his phone conversations with various people. Mm-hmm. His phone conversations were ten times more realistic than the ones in Ride. <laughs> he'd, he'd ask a question and he'd be waiting and you could totally tell there was a whole process there where the mm-hmm. other person was saying something and he didn't just magically repeat the key part of what he heard. You just inferred what was going on. It was like a real phone conversation. It was. Very impressive work, Nigel Bach. I mean, given that the dialogue entirely consisted of him talking on the phone or talking to himself, yeah, it was impressive, <laughs> actually, from a writing perspective because dialogue and talking to yourself are two things that people tend to write very poorly so story wise i don't know what the story is it's sort of like with the phone calls like yeah we never are really told what happened like we learned that this couple were murdered in the house um and their kid it becomes well Well, it becomes obvious that there was a kid there but died before the parents because they buried him Maybe. I don't... Yeah. I don't know. Because he never really gets curious about that. Like... No, he's really not. He didn't care at all. In fact, he finds what is obviously the backyard grave site of a small child. Like an mm-hmm. infant-sized child. With a cross... Like a little wooden cross and a little toy that the kid used to use. Sitting there... And his reaction is to, like, take the toy, throw the cross into the woods, yeah, and, like, kick the rocks around. A cross in the yard. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, I don't want anyone to see that there's a grave here. Like, oh, if there weren't ghosts, if you weren't haunted before, you are now. So anyway, there's there was probably a kid. There's a picture that we see that has good Ben and bad Ben, and I don't understand what's going on there well, exactly. I mean, I think because they're both Ben... No, I don't know what's going on. But I got good news for you, Soli. The next movie is the prequel about this family. That's so exciting. So we get to learn all that we need to know. (gasps) That makes me actually very happy. Do we have to watch all four movies this month? Well, yes, but I don't know that we're going to review all four of them. That (laughs) seems excessive. Okay. So anyway, all of that backstory, for me to get to the comment that I wrote down, Okay. is that this guy is no Amanda. Oh, he's no Amanda. No Amanda. Are you going to explain who Amanda is? So, for those who have not listened to previous podcasts, which you absolutely should because we're highly entertaining. Super duper. One might even say, We're, we're fun! fun. 
We did a podcast for the Levenger tapes in which Amanda found the bloody dress of a girl she thought had been murdered and then focused all of her energy <laughs> on making sure that that dress was saved. Yes. To the detriment of her friends. So this guy, no Amanda. Like he no. was like, he even found the like a bloody onesie in the shed and he's like, this is probably evidence. And then he just left it in the shed. And then later he threw it away. And then later threw it away. Speaking of the fact that there was a double murder in this house, mm-hmm. we are watching from the moment that he shows up at this house. Like the very first time he's yeah. walked into this house, he walks in. That night, he chooses to sleep in the house. Oh, yes. And we see him sleeping for several different nights, and we never see him change the sheets. He doesn't bring his own bedding. This man is sleeping on the sh- in the sheets that he found on the bed that he found in the murder house that he just bought. Murder house. Murder house. Murder house. <laughs> He sure was. That happened. (laughs) He does not have, I don't know, good judgment? I feel like he doesn't have an imagination. He's He's like, these sheets are clean enough. He's a very practical kind of guy. Yeah, very pragmatic. Mm -hmm. But not so much that he's going to deny the ghost. Like, once he sees the evidence, he's like, okay, now I'm pragmatically going to handle this ghost. So, you know how, what they say, once you've eliminated the impossible... Whatever remains, however improbable, Probable. must be the truth. Yeah. Yeah, he's very Sherlock Holmes in his <laughs> in his approach to life. What can well, you say? I don't know about that, but okay. He <laughs> what he is is he he's very Brian Posehn in his approach to life. I have to say, um, this guy looked and sounded just like Brian Posehn, and I feel like Brian Posehn would have loved this role. He wishes he had done this movie all by himself. I think so. I feel bad that he didn't get to. I, I would have. He would have enjoyed it. that. Yeah. Uh, we briefly mentioned that there was some bad digital effects. Mm-hmm. There are some bad digital effects. There's a candle that magically lights itself, only it doesn't light itself. It's a like a, a picture of a candle flame pasted over the screen. And it's, kind of in the wrong spot at yeah, first. Well, and... and then the camera jiggles a little as he's coming back to it, and the flame doesn't. So it's like... The flame's not moving with the screen. It's bad. But not nearly as bad as when there's writing getting drawn into some ashes. And it's like, what what I think, you said there was a uh, green screened out hand that actually wrote in the ashes. That could be, but what it looked like to me... Hey folks, I'm gonna interject here, cut off my own review to say, I went back and watched this scene again, and now I see how it's done. It was two scenes one with the ashes with no writing one with writing and he's just fading parts of the shot from one to the other oh it's really funny i highly recommend it it was not a good effect is the main point Mm, gotta give him credit he did it alone i wouldn't have been able to do even that so yeah i mean it kind of looked like the kind of movie i would make by myself um if you want to check out my behind the dumb videos you'll see very (laughs) similar effects (laughs) like when i get attacked by ninjas So we haven't really talked about the actual bad Ben who lived in the basement. Yeah, well, the movie barely talks about it because he's only in there for 15 seconds. Well, because he's trapped in the basement. Yeah, I guess. And I think, so my theory is that there's the demon Uh trapped in the basement, bad Ben, and that the family 
had trapped him there. Like, the there's a camera on him. The room is all set up, like, with a mattress and a chair and chains and whatever. Yeah. There's a camera that's been unplugged. Mm-hmm. Bad Ben did not like being recorded. But that door is locked. And then there's the ghosts of the family that locked him in there. And they keep, like, piling the living room furniture in front of the basement yeah, stair. the door to go down there. Yeah. So they, like... He's even aware of it. At one point, he's like, you keep trying to stop me from going down here. I'm going to go find out why. Yeah. Good move. Right? Like, I think there are two things going on. And the ghosts were the ones that when he started communicating with them, they were communicating back. I made a note of how these ghosts just sort of seemed to be glad that he was trying to communicate with them. And, you know, frankly, if more people in ghost movies just talked to their ghosts. Mm Mm-hmm. And had open dialogue, maybe they wouldn't all be murdered every time. Maybe. The demon, on the other hand, was not interested in communication. No. But it's a strange thing, because, like, if this demon is just, you know, a monster trapped in the basement, then it wasn't doing any of the ghostly stuff. So was that just the ghostly family? No, because he got punched in the face 20 times. So the demon must be able to do magic stuff around the house. I don't know. It seems sketchy and weird. Maybe it was good Ben, the child ghost, who was trying to protect him and communicate with him and whatever. But then when he got yelled at... He went and got his dad. That's what it looked like, because that was the point where he was like, get out, you know, leave me alone, get out of this house. And the ghost ran downstairs and left the house. And then a minute later, his dad came in and beat up. Well, it was hours later, came in and beat up the guy, because that is totally what it looked like. Yeah. Ratings. Sully, how do you rate Bad Ben, your favorite new movie series? I feel like I'm going to get some crap for my rating. I bet you are. Because this movie was literally everything I like in a horror movie. Like, it was scary, but not too scary. It was funny in places. Mm -hmm. There was originality to it. There was a story that sort of made sense. And the parts (laughs) that didn't make sense weren't really a big deal to me. Like... It wasn't that the whole thing was confusing. It was just, they didn't go into a lot of backstory. Fine. I'm going to catch that on the next movie. (laughs) There were just everything. I just liked so many things about it. The acting was not terrible, but not the best I've come across. Yeah. Oh, the CGI was shockingly bad. (laughs) Yeah. But I would have rated this movie highly anyway because of how much joy it brought me but then to find out that it was done essentially by a single person with a little bit of assistance i'm sure i have to give this movie a five wow i have to give this movie a five there's nothing i don't like about this movie this is a five it is it's not a five because it's a great movie I mean, it's not a five because it's like Train to Busan, right? Uh-huh. But it's a five because it, there's just so much to like about it. Wow. And so little to dislike. That's interesting. Now, on our patented out of five rating system, right. what were you rating it? Um, So I'm rating this a five spooky haunted baby toys out of five. <laughs> That's Okay, Uh, that is an amazing score that you've given it. I can't meet your score. (laughs) I didn't think you would. It's not possible. Where this, for me, does not meet what I'm looking for in a horror movie is it didn't have enough scares. It wasn't scary enough. It was the paranormal activity 
thrill ride game of, you know, looking in the background to see what's going on, which is cool. Sure. But then I'm not willing to let the lack of story go because that's what I watch ghost movies for is the story of what does this ghost want and how can we appease it and make it go away? That's that's the the game of the ghost movie. That's the game for the characters. The game for me is to spot things in the background. So everybody right. gets to play a game. So it was missing those things. And yeah, it's got some low budget, low quality issues going on for sure. But the fact that it's a one man job, like something I would have made back <laughs> in the desert, that's super fun. And I did have fun the whole time and I really enjoyed it because this is the kind of thing I enjoy. And I'm looking forward to finishing the series of course oh me too so i'm gonna give it wow i think i have to go all the way down to giving it a a three spooky haunted baby toys out of five a three not that i enjoyed it so much less than a movie i'd give a four to but that i need to tell our audience that this is not a quality great movie i think i'm putting it in the middle with the three that's the high middle for me 2.5 is my middle sure so you know It's a lot of fun, but I mean, Charlie Charlie was more fun for me, definitely. Charlie Mm. Charlie was awesome. But this was also a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to the rest. So hooray for Nigel Bach and his amazing individual homemade handcrafted creations. I am super tempted to see if I can find him like on social media and like tag him in this podcast so he can know (laughs) how much I love this movie. You should track him down. Track him down and then sneak into his house and start moving <laughs> stuff around. I'm, I'm sure he'll be very pragmatic about that. <laughs> Actually, I would like to point out that we're all, and by we, I mean me and the people who reviewed this thing on IMDb, pretty sure that this movie was shot in his own personal house, which explains the plot point of how, oh, the owners left all their junk here. It's his <laughs> junk. You know, I've had a tiny brush with fame from Grotopia, Mm. and it's awful. People (laughs) wanting your time and attention is awful. It's not good. No one should ever go through it. And I always used to think, you know, celebrities talked about that, and it's like, oh, come on, you get to be rich and famous. So what if, you you know, a few people are going to bother you? No, it's awful. You don't want to be famous. And the the, the saddest slash scariest part is that it's always... The ones who are too intense or uh-uh. too angry or too whatever who reach out and communicate right. with you. Like, it's never the normal fans who talk to you. Yeah, it's you reaching out to Nigel Bach, for exactly. example. Exactly. But it's very much like people who like what I do are friendly and say nice things to me on social media. People who hate what I do hunt me down and try to get all my personal information and come after me and hurt me. That's a big gap between those two yeah. kinds of people. So. People who hate you are the ones who are coming after you, and it's not fun. And it's sad for the normal fans yeah, who then I hesitate to communicate with right. because it's really hard to tell who's going to just be a normal person and who's going to tell you that they know where you live and that they're probably going oh. to come kill you at some point, which, true story, has happened to us. Oh, lots of times. I mean, not tons, but more than once. Often enough. I have social media messages that I have been sent over the years that I have kept just in case I need to show them to the police at some point. Yeah. Like, that's not a great thing. And that's a level of fame that is, like, 
nothing. I guarantee right. you Nigel Bach is more well-known than we are. <laughs> and he's probably faced worse. So probably. we won't go harass him at his home. Don't worry, Nigel. We're <laughs> not coming for you. All right. Well, I guess that does it for Bad Ben. The first one, anyway. The first one. I guess uh, we'll catch everybody on the flippity floppity. Flippity. I forgot it. It had a pity <laughs> on the end. The following is the sound our cat makes all the time when we're trying to record. (laughs) No. Kitty.